Johnny, before we get to the show, I wanted to tell you about something called Patreon.com. We had a really fun thing with one of our patrons earlier. Um, but for people that don't know, would you tell them kind of what Patreon is? Yeah, so Patreon's a really cool way for people like you that love podcasts to support people like us that love making them. Yeah, and for just like a dollar an episode, or you can pay more if you'd like, we have a tiered system. We give you fun rewards back, like bonus content or invitations to very exclusive events where you can hang out with us, discuss movies, discuss beers, all your favorite things. Like a buck a month, you can pick however many episodes you want to donate to per month. You can cap it off at two. Johnny, where can they find us on Patreon? So yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash FHC, right? No, it's Fresh Hop Cinema. I think both work. But okay. Yeah, yeah. Patreon.com yeah. Fresh Hop Cinema is a surefire. Totally. And it will cost you, I mean, a cup of coffee a month. Yeah. Four, four bucks. Yeah, whatever you want to pay is super cool. We really appreciate it. But if you just like listening, here's the episode. And thanks for tuning in. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, and welcome to the 80s. Episode 80, that is. <laughs> we in the 80s. We're in another, we're 20 away from 100. This podcast is geriatric. In 20 weeks, we're going to hit 100 episodes. That'll be real fun. Then we're going to hit each other 100 times. Mm-hmm. Ceremoniously. Yep. If you've never heard the show, this is a podcast about craft beer and film. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers, and together we make up... Fresh hops. Hashtag, hashtag FHC life, man, which is not something that I like. I don't like that hashtag. That's not. Did you just do. invent a hashtag? Yeah, it's not good, it. though. Uh, structure of the show? Yeah. Uh, three parts, basically. Um, we cover two beers in one movie. So maybe you like beers and you like movies like we do. You're going to love all this. You're in the right place. Yeah, maybe you only really like movies and you occasionally like beers. You're still in the right place. You should listen to the whole show. And I'll tell you, in case you're the kind of person who wants to skip around, kind of how it works. Number one, we cover our first beer. It's a blast. In this case, we're covering a beer from Stillwater, artisanal ales that neither of us ever had. Then we talk about our lives a little bit, and then it gets real close and personal to us, and you learn a little bit about our lives and ourselves. We take a short break. We come back, talk about a film. Sometimes it's new, sometimes it's old. Always in this section, we don't spoil it. Uh, Well, right, I guess. Unless it's old, then maybe we sometimes do. But for the most part, we don't. Uh, this week we're covering Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, bum, the bum, sequel bum. to the other Jurassic World movie with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. But again, sequel to the other sequels. No spoilers, um, except the one where we tell you what we thought of it. Uh, and that's as far as we get it. We go do a lot of logistics and, you know, what we thought of performances or uh, how dumb the plot was. Uh, <laughs> it depends on everybody. No bias there at all. Right. And then we take a break. We come back for our danger zone and we cover our second and final beer which is, in this case, uh, one that I've never heard of, and I'm not even sure how to pronounce this word. Pohala, maybe? Is that what you're thinking? Pohala? Pohala. 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 Cocoa Banger. It's the brewery. They're out of Estonia. And I've also never had this, so that'll be fun. We talk about that beer. We come back, and then we talk about the movie with spoilers. Give you a chance to see it. If you want to pause the show, go see it. This movie's only been out for like five or six days, so um, go see it. Or don't. This is a movie that you. there's not a lot of plot twists, I don't think. I think that's fair to say. So, and we're going to take a break. Huh. <laughs> was that the longest intro in history? I don't know. You weren't jumping in, so I figured maybe I'd just keep talking. I was just letting you run with it. Thanks, man. I was distracted by your wrinkly shirt. Yeah, it's, it just came in the mail. So nice. It's all wrinkly. It looked fresh and clean. Yeah, just real wrinkly. Like brand new. Yeah. Does it have that new mail shirt smell? Yeah, yeah. kind of. It's all got right. that Amazon factory all right. crispiness to it. Oh, it smells like China. Yeah, something like that. I think this might be like, uh, you know, not China, but another. You should know where your t-shirts are made. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, let's get in this beard, let's duder. Let's do it. I will read a little bit of about it. A little bit of about it. Yeah, a little a bit yeah, about it. Of it. Yet, movie, beer, yes. <laughs> uh, why don't you pour it? Sure. Pour Flavor. So this beer is called Pineapple Fields from Stillwater Artisanal. And it really grabbed my attention uh, because it's a dry hop sour with pineapple and sage. That's sage. When I read the description, too, it's like, wait a minute. That's yeah, something I haven't tried. Exactly. And I don't know if you know this, but on this show, we like to try things we've never tried. Yeah. So pineapple, sage, sour from Stillwater. Yeah, it's clocking in at 6.7%. And that is literally all the information we could find. Yeah, sure. Even on Stillwater's website, they're like, this is what this is, and this is the ABV. 
I can respect that. It's also incredibly annoying to me sometimes. It is, but they put out like a million beers. Mm-hmm. Like their webs, like the list was like four feet long on the computer. Yeah. It was just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Well, it's, it, I mean, it's kind of the color you would expect. Uh, maybe a little bit more on the golden side. But I'm the dry hopping thing is always something that, as far as um, brewing method, always like I'll hear it, somebody will tell me what it is, and I forget it, um, and I can never remember. But I know I've learned it a time or two. Do you have? Can you elaborate on that at all? Yeah, at this that's point? pretty much. If I'm not mistaken, that's when they put the hops in at the end. Gotcha. <clears throat> like when basically the beer's done, and you essentially teabag the beer with hops. You're dry, okay. putting in dry hops. I think that has something to do with it. Sure. Have you tasted this yet? Yeah. I don't like pineapple doesn't jump out at me right away. Really? I mean, it, towards the end, but at first it's a lot more tart than I was expecting. Yeah. First it's really tart. I mean, that's, I mean, that's got some, some bitey, some bite to it. Yeah. The first thing that grabbed me about this beer is it's in a 12 ounce aluminum can and the label's really cool. It's this weird, like geometric, uh, almost like Southwestern native American blanket style yeah. graphic, okay. I'd say. And like lime green and yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I read the description. I was like, Oh, that sounds cool. And we've done a bunch of Stillwater stuff on here, and it seems like their beer is always either really good or really bad. But I think probably always interesting. It's right? always like, interesting. There's always something like, hmm, that's different. Yeah, because um, they take a lot of chances. You know. Yeah. I'm as I'm speaking this, like the the more I'm letting that sip settle, the more I'm getting the pineapple. And I realized I was chewing some gum right before you showed up, so it might be some of that kind of wearing off, ah. like the mintiness. Uh, so I'm gonna try it again, but it's super carbonated. And really active and and bubbly and fun. It's effervescent. Yeah, I always forget to use that word, but that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah. And it is it, like I, I don't want to say the six point seven percent is hidden because um, you can tell this is a little bit heavier than like a like a four percent goes. It would be a little bit, yeah. You know, it's really nice. It's got a nice punch of the the pineapple after the the tartness wears off. It's kind of like biting into a really tart pineapple. Yeah, I mean that is something, huh? Like you don't get that. You know when you get pineapples in cans and they have they're the, they're marinating in their nectar. Yeah, and they add sugar. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. So it's not that definitely, but there is some very legitimate, real tasting pineapple taste going on here. Yeah, but again, maybe not the most ripe pineapple. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely like a tart pineapple punch. The sage is really subtle. Yeah, it's understated a lot. Super understated, which is probably good because mm-hmm. if the sage was overpowering, this would maybe start to taste like Thanksgiving or something. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what exactly sage. So see, that's I didn't want to say that, uh, but me too, because I, I I thought rosemary for a minute. Yeah, I get a lot of my herbs mixed up. No sage. Okay, I believe sage is a lot more grassy. Like earthy and grassy. I've just used some in a dry rub. So oh, really? I'm, I'm like 90% sure. It's got like almost a wet smell to it. A wet smell? Yeah, like it smells like wet grass almost. Huh. So, uh, we're just literally Googling this. What is moment. sage? So it says here on uh, thekitchen.com, um, it's sweet and bitter. Most popular uses in poultry, stuffing for Thanksgiving, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a member of the mint family, okay. uh, which makes me feel a little bit better about my mint gum thing because like maybe some of that was actually just from the beer you and can, it's not out of my mouth. You can kind of smell it a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, it's a Mediterranean herb, which is fun. We don't always, uh, do this on the show, but this is cool. Uh, with a pine like flavor and aroma, it's also often described as having eucalyptus and citrus notes. You know, once it war- it's warming up a little bit, mm. and now, now that I'm actually looking for that flavor, I can kind of pick it out a little bit more. That's the bane of my existence. Like if somebody told me, yeah, you know, you, there's like a lot of like rose petal, I'd be like, oh, I can taste that. Yeah. I'm just very, I'm very suggestible that way. See, it was hard for me because I couldn't quite pin down what the sage was supposed to be mm. giving in the spear. Sure. But now that I have that in my mind, it's it's kind of more identifiable and it actually kind of goes well with the pineapple. Yeah. It does, huh? Yeah. I think I really like this beer. Okay. It's super light, but yet full-bodied. It mm. doesn't have like a really heavy finish. Uh, it's full-bodied that it doesn't feel like you're drinking water or like, you know, something super, yeah. super thin. Right. Uh, it's definitely got a nice mouthfeel. I love the pineapple. It's definitely, excuse me, like a real pineapple fruit. Yeah, and it lingers a lot too, not just the taste but the whole mouthfeel. Kind of getting it right on the sides a little yep, too. Yeah, the little the not, tingles. Not quite. Yo, that too, but I mean, you know how a lot of sours you'll get your glands to like mm-hmm. kind of start salivating. Yeah. This kind of gets you like in the forward part of my jaw. It's just like kind of, you know, I don't know, tingles. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't know if I really like it. I like it. Yeah. I think it's interesting most of all. It's really interesting. It's fun to do beers that are so wonky too. Mm-hmm. Like this I would never normally like 
grab something like this if yeah. it wasn't to have like a critical eye on it. It's fun to try. Yeah. This is one of those beers that I would totally grab and take to a share. Yeah. And I was going to say kind of the same thing. It's, but different. Like if you go to your families or someplace where people don't drink craft beer, it's so interesting that most people, if you poured this in a glass and didn't tell them what kind of drink it was, they'd be like, this isn't, well, certainly not a beer. It's gone bad. Yeah. Like this is, <laughs> it's a very different thing, especially if you're not used to this, any different styles than like a, a lager. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Is not your your granddad's perhaps so your granddad's goza? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Your granddad's is what German, right? What's that? Isn't uh, goza's an old German style of beer? Sure. So I that could be. Yeah, factual. it is your granddad's old goza. Yeah, it could be. True. Yeah. Uh, let's rate this puppy. Yeah, man. I think just on the uniqueness factor and them just continuing to take chances, and I feel this being a better swing than some of the other Stillwater beers I've had recently. I'm mm. going to give it a little bit higher rating. I'm going to give this uh, an 8. That's really solid. An 8? Yeah. Great. Yeah, I think this. if you're in the market for a dry hop sour, this is well worth a try. I'm really happy we tried this beer. I would definitely consider grabbing this again and bringing it to a bottle share. Sure. So, yeah, I think it's, it's unique, and it, it blends flavors that I've never experienced, and I think that merits a higher score because it doesn't suck. Fair enough. Like, it's brand new and unique to me. So that's really cool. What do it, you think? Well, I'm going to vamp off you a little bit. I think the, like I said, the, the interesting qualities of this make it one that I would buy again if I wanted to share something interesting with, with people that I know appreciate craft beer. If I were looking for a beer to buy for myself to enjoy, I probably wouldn't reach for this again. It's fun. I'm glad I tasted it. I have learned something new about Sage, so that's fun for me. I'm going to give it a solid 6.5, right. a perfectly reasonable and respectable rating, but I don't think in good conscience I can give it anything higher than that. It's fair. So, Pineapple Fields, Stillwater Artisanal Ales, good work. Yeah. Try it if you can. Where can we find this, Johnny Summers? So, so yeah, actually both beers this week I got at S&S &S Produce and Grocery. Oh, right My, here in Chico. Yeah, a good friend of mine, Andy, a friend of the show, beer drinking buddy, he is the the beer guy over there, and he's been doing a great job of getting in some cool beers. And uh, I was in there, and I did, these two just spoke to me. Yeah, so. yeah, I always forget about like SNS and the co-op. Always have like these random, yeah, little gems of beers. Yeah, those those two, and then New Earth. And New Earth as well, yeah, yeah, totally. There's just fun little hidey holes. You know what else is great is the Rayleigh's. They're like Rayleigh's just in general tends to carry some like either good discounted normal yeah. beers or some random things you wouldn't expect to see. The wonky thing with Rayleigh's is you have to watch code dates. Yeah, totally. I found an IPA in there from like July 2016. Did you did you notice that before you bought it? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I was just like checking dates because I think it was like a port or something mm. where they obviously changed their label like a year ago. And they had like yeah. one of the new label and one of the old label right next to each other. Right. Like, Rut row. That yep. looks old. So yeah, SNS Produce. This can, I think, was about between like five and six bucks, something cool. like that for the 12 ounce. So yeah, check it out. They've got a pretty killer single selection. Yeah. If, if for some reason you don't know, SNS is right over um, on on Mangrove. It's like Mangrove in like, eighth or ninth. It's yeah, it's like right in there, like maybe maybe 10th or 11th. You know, it's right by the freeway, right off of it. I think it's ninth. Yeah, that might be right. Yeah, because it's the, great. The stoplights on Esplanade are on the odd numbers. Is it Esplanade or Mangrove? Well, no, because I always go because it's on the same street that my property management's on. Mm -hmm. So I pay rent. Oh, there you go. And then I go straight <laughs> down that street from Esplanade and oh, SNS. sure, okay, cool. <clears throat> so yeah, it's right, right in the heart of Chico. Well, terrific, man. Let's uh, let's move right along. Let's move it. I feel like I've done the intro for Hot and Bothered a lot. Yeah, I, will, I think you should do it. So every single week. We pick at least one, sometimes more, yep. of something that gets us hot and or excited mm -hmm. and bothered, meaning or the upset. negative. Yeah. Yeah. Bothered you know, or angry. This is Nick Land's idea, also a friend of the show. Yeah. If you just want to shout, we haven't said that in a while. Yeah. This has been a segment that stuck around, so I feel like the shout out should also stick around. We're just shouting people like crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have a hot, and that's all I want to do this week. What do you have? I have a hot and a bothered. All right. Start with your bothered. All right. So the bothered is actually like twofold. So you have two bothered. So I have one bothered, but it just continues. It's like, okay, a it's one bothered. It's the computer. Which, oh yeah, you're on But that. it just keeps causing problems. Sure. Like this. So my wife just ordered a computer online, brand new, like a thousand dollar computer. Ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if it was that much. That's, yeah. But, but anyways. A, a good chunk of change. Yeah. Like a good computer that should is. arrive in perfect condition. Yeah. And get what you pay for. Exactly. Kind of. Order it off Amazon from like a rip reputable seller i think mm -hmm. it was actually amazon um warehouse direct the thing shows up after it had been out on a route for like two days instead of just delivering it to her work or wherever right. she was having it delivered 
It rode around in a in a mail truck for like two days in the heat. Oh. Yeah. Already not good. No, we opened the box and it says refurbished. We paid a new price. Yeah, like come on. So man. that's super lame. She was so pissed that there was no plastic to peel off the screen. That's such a like if you have ever done that, it's uh-huh. the best. Yeah. So yeah. That's continue. worth the price of a new computer alone. <laughs> and there was the same things on the charger and they were melted to the charger. Oh. And we opened it up and turned it on. The screen had a bunch of um lights out. Like it didn't Man, have like, true it was yeah, not not good. So that was a little mini breakdown last night. We decided to return it, but she's got to sign up for this class. It was this whole big thing that caused a bunch of unnecessary stress. And so she goes to return the thing today and like leaves the house with her arms full and kicks the door shut. But then like it must have bounced open or something and she didn't notice. And I was, it was, was right before I came here, I was going to crash out and like watch some power nap. some clips of a movie that we're going to review later, mm. uh, do some podcast research. Yeah. And I like surface like an hour later and I go in the living room and the front door has just been open. Now, this has not been a burglary. No. So we're okay there. Yeah. Nothing's been burgled. Good. There's no cat burglaring. Mm, but yeah. what is it when the cat steals itself? Uh, a cat. An escape. A great cat escape. <laughs> right. So yeah, I came out and like two of my cats were just missing. And they're giant pansies and they don't go outside. Yep. So naturally I'm freaking out. Because if you know anything about me, you know I love my cats like more than I love most humans. Yeah. I feel like I just want to say this real quick. We had a conversation earlier and I feel like you just used a different word than you could have used. But that word would have actually been appropriate for maybe the only time ever. <laughs> Your cats are, you got me, right? Yeah. Are big, but they literally are. So Yes. They're, you know. They are big, yeah. giant sissies that yeah. can't survive right. outside. Sure. They're not built for that. And they don't have collars on. They don't have the shots to be outside. Mm-hmm. I, also, they're dumb. Yeah, which is never good. Yeah, so I was freaking out, thinking they might have just taken off down the street, because I've been in the room for like an hour. Right. Open the door. Both of their adorable faces are sitting on the porch in the sun. Gorgeous. Such a happy ending. Sort of a bothered turned hot. Yeah. Yeah. But we still had to return the computer. Oh. So the computer was at fault for the door being open in a roundabout way. In a roundabout way. she had to leave the house with this giant box. Yeah. I wanted to lay down. Yep. It's just this computer needs to just go burn. Thanks, in, Obama. In hell. Sure. <laughs> no. uh, so that's my bother. Yeah, well, on a, on a lighter note, I just wanted to give a shout out. This is my hot this week. I think it was a blast. Um, it was uh, Monday of this week. So earlier this week, we sat down with a friend of the show, Jared Schmidt. Yeah. We got to record. Uh, he, he, he donates to our Patreon, and the level he donates warrants us cooking him dinner and watching a movie and recording an episode that is Patreon exclusive. And it went super well, and I was really stoked to do it. Um, and that's that's what's got me hot this week, man. It's been a fun week, but that that's really stuck out in my brain. That was a pretty solid highlight. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a blast. We had a blast cooking for him and all that fun stuff. You should check out Patreon if you yeah. don't know what it is. But you heard the ad at the beginning. Also, you can I've I'll, I'll do this when we upload it later. Um, I'll I'll post a teaser of it. So if you're not on Patreon but you want to hear what we're talking about, I'll post a three or four minute clip of it do for it. everybody to hear. You want to know what my hot is? Please, I'll tell you what my hot is. Go. My Hot is the 2018 album release from the band called Sleep. Okay. They're one of my very favorite bands in the whole world. The lead singer, guitar player, uh, fronts my, one of my other favorite bands, High on Fire. They're much more like fast-paced heavy metal. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so unlike you. Yeah. And this is really super stonier, doomy metal. Right. And I love this album. It's called The Sciences. Mm-hmm. All the songs are like 12 minutes long. Sure. It's just phenomenal to just put on and vibe out to. I've been listening to this album like crazy. So if you're into anything even remotely like this, it's very like Black Sabbath groovy. Yeah. I love it. Just like heavy. Just, just heavy. Riffing. Yeah, but not super like, you know, filled with anger. Right. It's more like filled with weed. I feel like I should ask, are there words in this? Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. yeah. It's not all instrumental, but sure. it's not really like vocally driven gotcha. it's definitely like vibe based yeah groove stonery doom metal so if that sounds like something that would tickle your fancy check out sleep and the album the sciences this song is called sonic titan yes sonic titan titan i don't know how you want to say it but yeah it's 12 and a half minutes long yeah uh, other songs on this album include antarctica's thawed giza butler uh marijuanots marijuanots theme i'm gonna say it's marijuanots yeah like an astronaut you're right the sciences you get the idea yeah yeah it's good heavy times sleep put it on for your children oh, yeah do that they'll be very happy i know max is a fan now i'm not i'm not not a fan yeah it's good stuff it's like this beer like i 
if I'm alone, maybe I probably wouldn't put it on, but if I want to show somebody some cool music that they wouldn't expect me to show them, yeah. boom, here you go. I just, Check out sleep. I just offered you some fake It'll knowledge. Keep you awake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we should jump to a break. Let us take a break. We will be back in our second segment to dig way deep into Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom. Stick around. So on this break, I want to tell you about one of the best places in Chico to eat. And that place is The Handlebar. It's also one of the best places to drink. Yeah, I was actually there the other night. I went for a couple beers. Um, I did not actually get to go during their happy hour, which is a bummer, because it is an awesome happy hour. Every single day from 2 to 6, you get a dollar off any draft beer you want. Yeah, and with Chico's summer coming up, get some light beers. Get some dark beers if you're uh, if you're into that self-masochism kind of stuff and you want to just sweat stout like Johnny does. Get some medium beers. Who uh, cares? Yeah, because all their beers are dollar off from two to six, seven days a week. They have terrific food to pair with that. Uh, it's locally owned. They support this podcast. We highly encourage you to support them. Handlebar Chico, 2070, East 20th Street, right off the freeway. Do you remember the first time you saw a dinosaur? We don't really believe it. It's like a miracle. Something's coming. It's a T-Rex. It's a T-Rex. It's not a T-Rex. Blue, come with me. You know you can't stay here. Jurassic World. The island. You're all right. Easy, girl. All of that is in the past. Am I dead? Not yet, kid. I want to show you the future. What is that thing? They made it. The majestic swelling of the end of the trailer of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. They sound uh, like Family Guy singing it or something, uh, which is a show I don't watch, but I kind of picked up on that. Mm -hmm. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. When the island's dormant volcano begins roaring to life, Owen and Claire mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs from this extinction-level event, which is not correct. <laughs> What's distinction? My microphone moved. I was like, what does that say? And I just I was like, oh, I should just move my hand so I can read my piece and of paper. You said their names. like It sounded like Owen Claire. Owen and Owen and Claire. Owen Claire. Um, Who's Owen is, Claire? Yeah, well, this is a film directed by uh, J.A. Bayona, written by Derek Connolly, Colin Trevorrow. It came out June 22nd of this year, runs way too long, in my opinion, <laughs> two hours and eight minutes. Um, way to be unbiased. I'm going to get biased real quick. Yeah. Um, I'll just say from the get-go, I didn't like this movie, but Shoot. before we get too opinionated. Act like this is our podcast. Yeah. This stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, as Owen Grady and Claire Deering. They were in the first one. Uh, he trains raptors mm -hmm. uh, at the new and improved Jurassic Park. Basically, and she and at the time was like a park manager, she was kind like of the thing. CEO or yeah, something. whatever she did. Yeah. Um, Rafe Spall plays Eli Mills, who uh, who I knew from um, Black Mirror, the White Christmas episode. Okay, he's fantastic in that. But he's actually been in a lot of stuff, um, usually with more dimensionality than he has in this movie. Also, I want to mention Justice Smith, who plays Franklin, this kind of computer hacking scaredy cat, and Daniela Pineda, who plays Zia. She's like a a, a dinosaur vet basically yeah kind of but also like the one person that they feel like they kind of like had or we should put a character in here that's like modern and and would satisfy you know like a token character like a young person who is not relatable to the crazy white military people that come in this movie yeah like a hipster or something yeah some you know yeah um this movie was made on a $170 million budget. I'm sure all that went towards uh, CGI dinosaurs or real dinosaurs. They were real, bro. I don't know what they charged. They were real. Uh, as of uh, the 27th, it's made $797 million and some change. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it's that just That's makes me so question the priorities money. of, um, you know, the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I won't say any of my thoughts, obviously. I'm not even breaching that gap. What do you think of this movie, man? 
<laughs> I think yeah. I liked it more than you yeah, did. I think you did too. You cynical ass. I just don't like it, man. Yeah, but okay. What? What do you? You liked it a little, a lot. I did. I liked it like medium. Okay. It was fun, man. I. You can't go into a movie like this with expectations of any phenomenal acting. I didn't. <laughs> or like tremendous, like being grounded in reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. I, I went in just like the last one, just to be entertained and look at CGI dinosaurs. Those were my expectations. Okay, I was going to eat popcorn. I was going to look at dope dinosaurs. And there were even more dope dinosaurs than this one because there were baby dinosaurs. That's true. I mean, they're baby ones than the other one. They were way more like focused on. Like they took mm-hmm. an angle of like making the dinosaurs like be animals. Like right from the get go, there was this like dynamic of having the dinosaurs that were left on the Jurassic World, the theme park from the previous movie. Right. They were going to get killed by this volcano and right it was this big like political issue whether or not they're gonna save them it turned into like an animal rights thing right which goes back to like my the synopsis that i read I, this yeah. is not even close um owen and claire mount a campaign not true they're both approached by this third party uh led by rafe spall's character mr mills um and basically he's like we're we're gonna like there's the old guy who is the brother of the founder of the original Jurassic park and they're hired on thinking like all right, we're going to go save as many species as we can, take them into this very peaceful island, and that's where they're going to live. There's some double crossing that happens, and that's not what goes down. Um, but to like recap the first movie, the reason they're still on this island where the Jurassic Park was is that there was a, get this, a containment breach, right, where the dinosaurs get out, people get murdered, what? they abandon. Yeah, it happens every movie, and people still go back. And it's I don't, crazy. I don't get it. Uh, anyway, so they abandon it. The dinosaurs are left to their own, but then somebody, some scientist is like, uh-oh, there's going to be a volcano that explodes. So there's a volcano in this. Yeah. Uh, which I also think could have been cooler than it was. Yeah, but they could have done more me. with the volcano. Like, I would like to see in a bit more. Yeah. Like, it was the most catastrophic thing that happened in the whole movie, probably, and they didn't really focus on the the catastrophicness of it as far as like the people escaping there were some cool scenes with lava that i really i dug that but like i mean like there's a scene where chris pratt gets real close to the lava that was so silly do you know how hot lava is yeah (laughs) like you can't be your face can't be like this close and you just roll whatever man (laughs) that was like the most like slapstick chris pratt Andy yeah, Dwyer, right, just like kind of flopping. That was, you know, you're hoping that they do like a little Andy Dwyer, Chris yeah. Pratt, but not like a ton. Also, yeah, to that was po- the scene where it like stuck out. Yeah. To your point, though, like I'm willing to go into this movie and suspend my disbelief. I'm good for just having a fun time eating popcorn, watching cool dinosaurs, and like some semblance of a plot. I'm even up for campy dialogue and and whatever. Not even a fully structured plot, but I didn't get any of that. I didn't. I, it didn't satisfy me. I need to know why you didn't have fun watching this movie. Yeah. Um, so I'll, like we said earlier on, we won't spoil anything now if you haven't seen it and you still want to. Yeah, this um, is general thoughts territory. You. You're uh, in a, a safe place. So I had a lot of problems with it, man. Like number one, and I think this is, when I ha- when I find a movie that I think is a bad movie, not just one that I don't like, because there's plenty of good movies I don't like and that's my own thing. Um, and I, I think I can make a case for this being an objectively bad movie. Yeah, but there's, also bad movies that I like. Correct. And that's this isn't even that. Like it's not uh so bad that you can just sit back and enjoy the terrible ride. This is this is a movie that is trying to be fun and good and an exciting summer blockbuster, and I think it misses the mark on so many levels. Like number one is always for me the tone. If a movie doesn't know what it's going for tone-wise, I'm immediately thrown off. So like there's elements in this in this movie where there's there is like horror, right? There's like a lot of stuff that goes down in a mansion when it's dark. Um, and there's like creeping around and crawling and like big claws doing this motion, mm-hmm. um, a clawing motion, you know? Yeah. Like, but like a dinosaur doing it, like almost like it's threatening. Like I'm, I could kill you. I'm, not gonna. I'm gonna get you. Um, so there's like that kind of stuff. There's also the fast paced action stuff. A lot of what takes place on that Island before the volcano is like, uh, you know, like ticker bomb, like counting down until it happens. And there's also like weirdly placed humor, the relationships and motivations don't work between anybody in my opinion. Um, like, I guess, I guess there's a love interest between Chris, like, which is established in the, uh, in the other movie, but they haven't seen each other between Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. So that there's a lot hinging on that. There's some like family stuff. Um, and I just like, none of, none of it's good for me. Like even like the villains motivations, it just felt like they were almost like they had ideas of little parts throughout the movie. They wanted to like, we're going to film this. And they're like, all right, we just got to figure out a way to place it all together. And they're like, well, we could do this and this. And like even scene by scene, it doesn't make any sense to me. Also, they just utilize the same thing that they do 
in every movie like this, but they do it a billion times. Uh, things like, and I, I stole some of this from a podcast I was into called Film Spotting, and they pointed it out, and then I noticed it, and it's like, oh, like like that majestic shot of like a big herbivore, like plodding by and it's big feet and then the, like the music's like na, 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 na. and like the girl's like crying she's like wow what a beautiful creature you remember when you first saw a dinosaur and then the other one's like when a when a t-rex is coming at the people but then a bigger t-rex stomps on it and then it goes and looks at the camera from this way yeah like, it just happens so often in this movie and like the second time it happens i'm like all right oh and the third thing this one i noticed is like something something intense will happen and you'll know it's intense because the camera zoom in on the person's face like it'd be like this one's called dun 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 the endoraptor Vroom, and it's like <laughs> just right up against them yeah it's, like, it's so uh, silly yeah but it doesn't try to be silly it tries to be serious in those moments and that's what i had a hard time with i think all all around this is a really clunky movie i like chris pratt i love almost everything he does except this kind of stuff hmm. uh so those are those are my general takeaways it's interesting i feel like this movie had a lot of similarities to the original jurassic park like almost everything that you just complained about were like key mm-hmm. reasons why people love the original Jurassic Park, except for like the clunkiness and like the relationship stuff. Like in the original, you kind of bought the relationships a little bit more, mm-hmm. but there weren't as many like interpersonal relationships. It was a lot of independent beings on an island that like were thrown together. Yeah. But this one, they they definitely did struggle with some of that plot building relationship stuff. But. Well, I think I think part of the problem is that like this is built on a franchise, so it's almost like they're counting on the viewers to know kind of the tone of these films. Like yeah. They almost are like, well, we're just not going to spend the time there because yeah, people will know it. It's like what Star Wars has become. Kind of, yeah. Well, it's like you have to do the same stuff. Like the reason that I liked Solo was because they played the song the first time sure, it that you. Chewie and Han sat mm-hmm. down. It's like they have these established emotional triggers that they can just stick into movies and you'll like them. Yeah. And they capitalize on that for sure. Yeah. I think I didn't take this movie as seriously as you did. I didn't take, I, I don't mean to be, I don't want to confuse you here. Anybody listening, like I didn't take this movie seriously at all. I went in expecting a popcorn movie. Yeah. And I didn't get it. See, to me, it's like the perfect <clears throat> popcorn movie. Like there's really nothing. I mean, like I didn't go in like evaluating like the plot and like the character development at any length. Well, really. you have to. I mean, you kind of do, but you also have zero expectations about anybody doing it well. You so, know? but at, at some point you're going to have to draw a line. Even, even somebody with no expectation will have to like, this isn't even a, I'm not saying this, but like a film. Yeah. At what point do they have to start trying? Like they can't just have no plot. Well, I feel like there was definitely more plot in this movie than you're giving it credit for. And I feel like the dinosaurs were way more of the stars of this movie than some of the previous movies. Like, uh, blue ended up doing some really cool stuff in this movie and like becoming a character like as much as some of the people. Yeah. But it, it didn't feel like real character. Like if you, I'm totally on board with what you're saying here. Dinosaurs. Yes. Characters, but it's not like they develop naturally. Like it was so much exposition where like, like when you first see blue or there's like a scene where you see her and it's her as like a baby also at the same time on a video. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost like they're shoving it down. You're like, Blue is very smart. She's the smartest raptor. She can feel things it's like cutting back and forth. And it's like, like, let that develop naturally. Like, you don't have to give me some narrator being like, this is what this dinosaur is. Like, let the dinosaur be the thing. Yeah. And but I'll I, figure it out myself. I think they were kind of putting that in there to fill other uh, plot holes as far as what they're going to do with Blue's DNA. Okay. Like that was a clarification as to sure. why that raptor is so important, you know, because I don't think it's really a spoiler. At one point, uh, like evil scientists are going to weaponize yeah. and like breed those character traits basically to where you can just have a killer dinosaur that does what you tell it to. Right. They, yeah. So like without that exposition, I mean, you a, a normal person would be able to make that jump. But I feel like this movie is kind of being directed towards kids, too. So it kind of has to hold their hand a little bit through it and say, like, this dinosaur can do this and the bad guys want to do this with it. Right. So, I mean, I would say that's maybe why it was a little heavy handed on some of those elements. I could I could see that. Just because kids don't know about DNA and gene splicing and stuff. (laughs) I'll be more specific. And like another thing is like this movie for me, I was on board mostly. But then by the time the climax, like the, the final act comes around where all the all the different plot paths are kind of converging. I think it completely unravels. Um, and I'll be more specific in the uh, danger, in the danger zone. zone, of course, but yeah, I really want to get into this with you. I think we're going to argue in the danger zone. Yeah. I mean, I have like one, one big thing. Like there's, there's a thing, there's a decision to be made at the end. Right. Um, and 
there's a let's save this for the danger zone yeah i'm just saying i disagree with the way they came to the conclusion of how they make the decision how the filmmakers decided to go with it i think it's so dumb it's like a throwaway thing but so getting the distinct impression i like this movie more than you correct Uh, in the interest of keeping with structure a little bit is there any points in this movie that you want to point out as being positive like what were some what were like two favorite things you liked about it what were some things you liked about this movie this if is, any, okay. Besides when it ended, yeah. No, man, I uh, I didn't like this movie. Um, that said, it's not a one or a zero for me. Um, it's like it's a three. So there is some stuff that I liked, and I will try to articulate those things for you now. <laughs> those things that I liked, obviously, seeing seeing dinosaurs is just there's a cool factor, right? Like, I'm not even so big on on like the 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 mega raptor and evolving into the even bigger one. And like every movie, there's like a bigger badass dinosaur like i don't really care yeah we don't necessarily need that um but i really like seeing dinosaurs is fun so and it's done well the cgi is good so that's pretty tight um chris pratt had some fun lines and he's just got a nice charisma that i enjoy watching on the screen the other line i did want to point out that i don't think i like but i thought it was ballsy of them to put in is at one point you have um zia the the vet gal and she's like kind of spunky so she gets uh she has a conversation with a with a dude uh, in the military crew and he's like do this i'm not going to be specific she says to do this and she's like no you do it and then it cuts back to him and he's like what a nasty woman which is a very clear nod to like what donald trump said about hillary clinton i was like that's an intense yeah. like thing to put into this movie that you're trying to like yeah. that might offend a few people they just like sprinkled a stance yeah, in so i don't think it was like clever really but i thought it was out of the blue and like, okay. definitely unexpected out of the blue double joke because like, of the raptor yeah i was like wow that was really pointed yeah, yeah. All right, so give me your top three things you didn't like. I think I hit them, man. Okay. Yeah, I think I've covered most. It's generally everything. All right. Uh, I just think it doesn't. Work. I don't think it works as like a movie or whatever. All right. Uh, so yeah, sorry to be super negative on this, but what do you give me your thoughts in in a few minutes That's here? Fine. So that was a three. Yeah. So I liked this movie significantly more than you. Yeah. And I think in just removing the comparison, I enjoyed this movie. Probably like medium, I think, on a scale of loving it to hating it. It was good. It entertained me. I was rooting for some of the dinosaurs, and some of the dinosaurs really cracked me up. I love the one that with like the... He's a funny... Yep. Dude, it was so good. And like in this type of movie, like I felt... You should sorry. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. So there's explain. this one dinosaur that's just got like a bowling ball dome for a head, yeah. and he just runs into things really hard. Almost he's like just, a dog, like a dumb he's dog, like a lunk head. Yeah. Yeah. So hilarious. Yeah. Um. And I don't know. I think this movie was definitely marketed more towards small children than the last one. I mean, I could, but if it is, then it's still, it's too adult. Because yeah, there are people that get ripped pre- apart. I think it's pretty good for like a PG-13 movie. Is it PG-13? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean. I yeah. Think yeah. It was definitely marketed towards that like 13-ish sure. age person. Or like, there was a ton of kids in the movie theater that were between 6 and 12. So, right. yeah. Um, but, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was it was entertaining visually. There was a bunch of cool stuff to look at. Yeah. Like, there was dinosaurs that were really cool. There was a baby triceratops that really made me happy. Mm. It was really cute. Um, overall, it was definitely not, like, a strong movie. But for me, personally, this is a, kind of a clunky, poorly put together bad movie that I can acknowledge as bad and still sit back and kind of enjoy. Okay. So yeah, I, mean, I can overlook a lot of the flaws just because I was expecting flaws. And I yeah. just wanted to be entertained and see sweet dinosaurs and stuff blow up. And I think going into a movie like this, that's all I can really ask for. Uh, I'm going to give it a 5.5. That seems that's based on what you've said. That seems uh, fair. seems perfectly reasonable. I just want to touch, real quick touch on the Triceratops thing, the baby Triceratops. Um, and this is a if if you guys are really into movies and like hearing people talk about them and like maybe this is your favorite part of our show, Film Spotting is something I can totally recommend. They're a great podcast, uh, I think out of Chicago. And on their episode of this, they talked about how um, like the the tone between this film and the last one, where where like the first one is a lot of fun because it's basically like people versus dinosaurs mostly. 
Like the, ver- like the very first one or the one no, right sorry, before this? The, the Jurassic World. Okay. Um, and there's like a scene in that movie where, where a bunch of like pterodactyls break out and it's like an all out crazy thing. The dude's carrying his drinks and that became like a meme. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much like that was part of the spectacle was like watching people fight the dinosaurs. But here they flip it kind of and it's all about animal conservation. And, mm-hmm. and that was a weird left turn. because and I, But I think there's all this evidence for them really trying to shove that down your throat. You have moments like that with like a baby triceratops and look how cute it is. You oh, couldn't yeah. possibly kill this dinosaur, could you? Oh, yeah. There's a stegosaurus uh, mm-hmm. that is meant to be very sad. Yep. Uh, and it's like, I, like I get it. Yeah. And usually like I am upset with movies that, um, have you were always of, upset. Yeah. Yeah. Say agenda. Y- yeah. And yeah. You always are. But when that whole, like they kind of established the agenda early and I'm like, well, okay, they're politicizing it. I get it. Whatever. Um, do you mean politicizing it in their world? Or no, in, in, our in, world? in the movie. Okay. Sure, they're politicizing sure. the issue of the dinosaurs yep. going, ex- getting extincted. Yeah. Well, I'm just, just going to say that now. Yeah. Getting yep. extincted. By yeah. that volcano because it's getting real out there on that right. island. Um, I'm like, okay, so they're gonna make it an animal rights. I mean, I kind of thought about it too. I'm like, it probably would be in the current climate of the world. Like, people wouldn't just stand by and let a volcano kill a bunch of animals. So there was like two sides to it in sure. the movie. There was the people that were wanting to get the them off, people that didn't care. I kind of was like, yeah, okay, they're not so much an agenda. They're just like presenting a, a conflict yeah and i feel like the both sides of that conflict uh were fairly not fair i don't know fairly represented like they were both present there was yeah multiple angles at solving this problem right um but i definitely overlooked my usual disdain for movies with agendas because the agenda was driven home by really cute dinosaurs yeah i wonder if maybe i've misunderstood you this whole time do you mean because i always thought you meant movies with agendas aimed at making the viewers have an opinion but in here it sounds like you're saying the agenda was based in the universe of the movie so it's like well no because like this movie didn't really beat you over the head with like the well, ad- dinosaurs aren't real yeah so they're not like it was like a hey, hypothetical you guys, in, in america don't let your dinosaurs go extinct like, yeah you know it's not like a psa on animal cruelty right yeah where something like the did you see okja did we talk about this do you know i need to watch it uh so but i get the premise like that is very much based in reality yeah and so, that's like a metaphor for um commercial meat yeah, farming totally so that you could totally say that movie has an agenda this yeah. one it, not in the same way like and there's a difference between an agenda and a movie like being bias and like opinionated strictly to one side yeah like this was more of like a conflict was presented whereas like okja was like definitely i haven't seen it but from what i've heard tell me if i'm wrong you're not it's definitely like it's got an angle it's got a bias and it's got so i mean that kind of bugs me but also if it's done right and it's calling attention to something that needs attention there you, go. you know, it somewhat can be overlooked. Yeah, like you could say Schindler's List has an agenda. Right. But like nobody's trying to argue that agenda. Like, <laughs> exactly. Know, Why was this guy saving people? Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, it's like something you have to evaluate on kind of a case by case basis. But I think it wasn't really a driving force in this movie enough to distract me. Fair um, enough. Uh, those are our thoughts on Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. A uh, three from Max. A three from me, a 5.5 from Johnny. Yep. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to see it, go do it or don't. But just be warned, when we come back into the danger zone, we are going to spoil some stuff in here. We're also going to get to our second and final beer which, from Estonia, which yeah. is a country near yeah. Latvia and Lithuania and Finland, in case you didn't know like I did and you had to look I it up. didn't know. So there we go. We'll be uh, right back, yeah? Yeah. All right, see you in a second. Another episode of the podcast is brought to you by our favorite local brewery. hey That's Secret Trail Brewing. If you haven't been, they're located right here in Chico at 132 Meyer Street. And every Monday from 3 to 9 p.m., those are their normal business hours, they do a really fun thing that Johnny's going to tell you about. That's right. They have a one-off beer release every single Monday. This Monday, they have done a crazy thing with their Hazy Trail. Mm-hmm. They've added apricots and a dry hop finish, so it's going to get real crazy up in there. If you haven't had the Hazy Trail IPA, it's delicious. We highly recommend. I've told that this, been told that this beer is nice and tart and nice and crisp, so I look forward to giving that a whirl. Yeah, again, that's Secret Trail Brewing Company here in Chico. Find them on all of the social medias at Secret Trail Brew Co. I feel like maybe we should have started it at the, when, the, when he says the Probably, danger zone right? part. That's fine. Uh, welcome to the danger zone. Hey, 
gets dangerous. It gets dangerous. Okay? We don't know how to cut songs in yet. No, we're just, we just uh, Johnny's running his phone on this. Which yeah, is, we usually sometimes do it in posts, but now we're just like, you know what? Max gave me access to technology. I and did. Shit's getting fucked up. Also, that Danger Zone. First time listening. Uh, if you listen with your kids, you turn them off because Danger Zone children. is not a time for children. It's time for wives. adults. Hide your wives. The sound you're about to hear. Oh, it would have been so nice. The sound you're about to hear. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's wow. the loudest uh, oh my God. pop top I've ever heard. That's a, great, that's a great way to start this beer, though, I suppose. That was amazing. Uh, this is a heavy-hitting uh, heavy beer we're mm. about to talk about. It's called Pohala. And the Danger Zone's heavy-hitting. We swear and we spoil the movie. That's, that's all you correct. need to know. Let's drink some beer. This beer is called Coco Banger, uh, and it's a 12.5% stout that Johnny's going to give you some background on because he got this, like we said earlier, at SNS right here in Chico. And I don't know a thing about it, except that it looks like it is darker than his soul. Which takes a lot of work. I'm just saying, guys. A big shout out to the brewer that could get a beer as dark as my soul. Man, that's a that's a very... My favorite stat of all time, everybody, is um, Oscar Blue's 1050. 1050? I quite like it. It's good stuff. This has a very similar color in both the body and the head. It is a brown, cocoa-y looking head with... Uh, it's actually kind of going down, but the it's bubbles got a nice are little super ring. brown. Yeah, and it's also kind of uh, very active. It's still kind of bubbling, which is uh, caught me off guard. And I'm kind of worried because that bottle popped. Yeah, man, that's there's a lot of lot. Maybe it's fine. Hopefully, it doesn't have AIDS. Tell me about this, my friend. All right, so this is a beer from Pohala, and it is called Coco Banger. Hopefully, I'm saying Pohala right. There is a squiggly line above the O. I don't know what that's supposed to be, so I'm gonna say Pohala. They yeah. are from Estonia, and let's read some notes from the brewer. This is a banging imperial stout brewed with coconut and Katura coffee from Costa Rica. On the taste, you're going to get a lot of creamy dessert-like coconut followed by a rush of Turkish coffee. Earthy, terry, balanced by the taste of plums and blackberries. As the beer warms, chocolate notes start to shine with hints of caramelized sugar layering on top of the roasted coffee. Finally, the oiliness of the coconut and the smooth coffee crash down the tongue lingering and leaving their seductive taste until the inevitable next sip i love a good description maybe man. the best description we've ever had on the show okay i don't know about that That was tremendous i don't recall it's the best one we've had in a while i don't I know whether agree. to drink this or make sweet passionate love to it i'll give you something on that because it is sweet yeah and that's my only com- well that's the first complaint i thought was it's a little bit too sweet but i don't want to start on the negative because this is a very tasty beer and the appearance uh is descriptive, as we said, pitch black with yep. a lingering short brown head. Yep. So this is clocking in at 12.5%. I mean, it's a big beer, man. It's, I mean, but it is, it's oily and it's, there's a lot of coffee there. There's a bit of, a bit of coconut and vanilla, um, but definitely a lot of coffee. It is intense. It's big. It's banging like they said. Uh, what do you think on your initial taste? That's really good. Yeah. That is really good. What are you getting? I get a lot of coconut initially, and then when you exhale through your nose, the coconut's really present. Oh, that's really nice. A ton of black coffee. The Just the viscosity on this thing is through the roof. It's so weird because I feel like I've been getting more and more sensitive to carbonation because that's definitely here, but so is the viscosity. Yeah. I wonder if we left this open for maybe 20 minutes, if some of that air would, would get out of the beer. Maybe. Also, you can give it a, a swirl. Yeah. It's I've, good, man. I've been known to stir a beer you and have. release some of that carbonation. Yeah, I thought you did that to get rid of the head. Well, I guess it's sort of the same idea. Uh, it uh, releases the carbonation. That's like a trick if you go to like a chain restaurant or somewhere where they don't really know how to pour beer. Right. And you get it filled to the brim with no head. That means that the carbonation in that beer wasn't released because a nice head oh, sure. activates all the CO2 in the beer. And when that doesn't get activated, it's lingering in the glass. And when you drink it, that's why sometimes you get full after one beer. Right. A lot of times it's because the carbonation isn't properly released. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a fun thing. There's actually a video, I think, on Sierra Nevada's website. Ooh, let's link it in uh, our Twitter. Or somewhere. We'll see if we can find it. We'll find it. But they pour a beer improperly, and they twist up a paper towel and stick it in it. I've seen this. And it goes, <laughs> and it just yeah. erupts everywhere because all that carbonation was still in there. And then they do it on a beer that was properly poured. And it just and sits it just, there. You know, yeah. yeah. So it's really important. And people think that head is bad on a beer. Right. And it's just ignorant. Yeah. But granted, like if you get a glass that's like half just head, like that's not right. Depending on the style too. Some Belgian beers are supposed to have two inches of head. Yeah. But I mean like how big is the glass though? Like I was talking like when you get a pint glass and it's like this much, it's like your keg's messed Yeah. Up. Depending on the style, that's a bad pour. In any case, this yeah. beer is none of those things. No, but I definitely, the reason you brought that up is I would yeah. almost give this a little shake or, you know. 
Yeah, totally. Swirl it the rest of the bit. bottle. Uh, a little, little heavy on the carbonation, but that sure. will obviously die down. But dude, this beer is tremendous. It's it's very good. This is really good. The coconut. I, see, for me, it's not too sweet. No, uh, maybe it's just my initial taste. Um, and it's also obviously complete opposite of what we were drinking just before this. That's still water. Nope, that's really sweet. Okay, it's it's <laughs> sweet, right? Um, but it's not it's not cloyingly oversweet to me. No, maybe that was redundant. Not. But either way. Uh, I like it. I'm going to taste it again and uh, kind of try to develop a thought. Yeah, I like it because it's kind of like, um, like a what's the candy bar with the coconut? Like a Mounds? Almond Joy? Oh, yeah. sure, but yeah. Because the Mounds is the one with the dark chocolate. Yeah. So I could definitely see this. Like you could market this as like a Mounds beer. Sure. And it's got that nice dark chocolate. It's roasty. Uh, it's definitely sweet. I mean, this is like the definition of that like pastry Dessert, I, I dessert hate that, stout. by the way. I hate... I could go the rest of my life without seeing on a board pastry stout. Yeah. See what I just mm-hmm. did there? Yeah. With my, my one eye? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, episode 100's coming up, guys. Mm-hmm. 20 weeks. Anyways... Um, did you just drop a little teaser? No, that's the second what? teaser we've dropped. Uh, speaking of teasers, remind me to... I gotta write that down. I'm, I feel like in this show, a lot of the time, we'll say, oh yeah, we'll post this here or this here. We never, never do. do. Never so do. I'm just gonna write down the other thing for the Patreon teaser for our chat with Jared. Yeah, also we have to post dates. Yes. This is where we do production of the podcast in the danger zone because we're fucking professional. I actually don't mind this because like letting people know, like we have to, we, he's saying we have to plot out dates because we do a, a bar hang where we buy your first beer and then we all hang out and we got to figure out dates that work for everybody. Sometimes we get drunk and buy your second, third beer yeah, too. Right. No uh, guarantees. So we got to figure out July. Yeah. All right. That Limitations well. and uh, yeah, blah, blah, by date, by date supply. <laughs> See small terms for details. Hey, let's, uh, let's small rate Coco Banger. Yeah, dude, this is really good. Uh, I, Really like this beer. This is a nine. Nine, perfect. I yeah. said eight point five. No, this beer absolutely destroys it. It's very good. It's a little bit on the expensive side for a twelve ounce bottle. I think it was what seven. I don't know. The, no, it's more than that. The price tag was on the cap, but the cap is gone forever. Uh, can you find it? Because I think it was closer to like twelve dollars, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, seven nineteen. What the heck, man? That is a that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Now that I've sipped it, and you actually see what you're getting for that price. Um, this is f- tremendous. As far as non barrel aged stouts, this is one of the best ones we've had in a while. I didn't even that didn't even occur to me that it. Yeah, it, you get it, you, it feels like one. Feels yeah, like you, it's barrel aged. You get that viscosity on that boy. Mm, yeah, dude, that's good. Uh, anything else you want to add about this tasty imbibation, which is a word I just made up? Imbibation. You imbibation. can get this this badass imbibation at the uh, focus. <laughs> SNS produce. Sorry. <laughs> you're I saw like something a, shiny. You're like a yeah, squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. Johnny's phone lit up and he just went, you can find this. <laughs> SNS produce. Yeah. SNS produce. Yes. That's right. We got both our beers there this week. Go check out their selection. Buy yeah. some produce. Support yeah. local. Totally. It's good stuff. Uh, again, that's Coco Banger from Pahala out of Estonia. 12.5%. Go do it. Let's get back to this movie in the last minutes that we have here. Yeah. Let's spoil it. I little. mentioned one thing. This is the only thing I really want to be specific All about, right. if you don't mind. Let's, get, let's go deep. There's a girl, right? The daughter, yeah. the granddaughter, the clone me. daughter, the clone daughter. Yeah. So like, there's this, there's this poorly dropped thing. Like, you're the splitting image of your mother. Yeah. And then she finds like a picture book, and it's like literally like a picture of her. When I saw it, I was like, man, they are really lazy. They didn't even try to change it. Like, I'm just supposed to believe that her mother looks exact. You just change her hair. Yeah. If you've seen the movie, you know that we. It's, I guess if you haven't seen the movie, what happens is grandpa. They have the cloning, like the genetic manipulation technology. His daughter died in a car crash, so he genetically reproduced her into her younger self, uh, and I was raising her again. Mm-hmm. And we find that out. Um, and the only reason they did this is so that at the end of the movie, when the dinosaurs are suffocating, and the decision is either open the doors, the dinosaurs live, which is the whole reason we did this in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, but release them into the world. Yeah, or, into like Northern California. Right. Which apparently rains heavily out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> in this movie, that's what happens it's in that, Northern California, which is where we are. It's that tropical part. Of uh, I California. could go for one of those rainstorms here. Not with this, this hot out. I'd be like taking a shower outside. Yeah. I'd be fine with that too. It's like when it rains in Hawaii. Anyways, uh, or or keep them inside, let them die, but they're safe. And they just there's like this one master button. It's like, let them out, don't let them out. And they, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are like, all right, we'll keep them in. Mm-hmm. Then this little girl goes, boom, and the doors open. And then she goes, and it's like one of those camera panning in moments. She goes, I had to let them out because they're alive like me. And it's like, okay, that's how you justify this. Like, she's a clone. That's like what I was saying earlier. They have these like, moments. They're like, all right, we know we have to release the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. What can we do to make it justified? 
And nobody was like, Gianna thought of this. Like, just make that one little, you know, bowling ball head dinosaur come in and hit the door. That would have been hilarious. But instead, they were, some dude was like, no, no, no. What if I know that the that the guy from the original Jurassic Park didn't have any family, but what if we gave him a brother, then gave him a daughter with a terrible backstory who has died, then he clones her, makes him her his quote-unquote granddaughter, then that girl finds out she's a clone, decides that she, if she's alive, the dinosaurs are alive, comes into the room in the last moment, sets him free. What if, and then everybody was like, that's, that's brilliant. Give you didn't think that was totally believable? <sighs> what the fuck is wrong with I don't you? mind. Even the believability, I don't care. But it's when she goes, <laughs> they're alive. Like me. Oh, yeah, that was awful. Shut the fuck. Get out of here. Yeah, like, I I cannot argue with the awfulness of this movie. Yeah, like, just give me some, like, I know there's dinosaurs, and I know we're cross-breeding them to be, like, ultimate killers that track people by laser beams. That was I'm cool. fine with all that shit, but no girl is going to be like, they're alive like me. Maybe. Stick within the realm of, like, some type of believability well. here. She she was a clone. Clones got to stick together, dog. I don't know, man. Crazy. Yeah, it was a really far fetched. Like, and the the justification was so like it's it was so, so con- like you had to tw- you had to eh. make so many turns to like be like, all right, that's yes. how we're doing it. Eh. Yeah. Eh. So I would have liked your solution better with the just, the, the no- knucklehead solution. Yeah. Yeah. Good work, Gianna. It's great. Yeah. Uh, also, the only other thing is like, um, so the kid gets away, right? Which the the clone the kid. girl gets away when they're pinned down in like the display room, okay, and then she escapes. Yeah, and but the big crazy dinosaur has them both pinned, right? Mm-hmm. Literally got to pin this thing through oh, her was, yeah. leg, his she, claw, right? Yeah, and, she used to be an adventurer. And little girl's running, and this is like an apex predator that wants to feed. He's got two meaty ass humans, and he hears a little girl scream, and he goes, "I'm gonna go after that." Yeah. He runs, 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 and the then smallest food option available. Yeah, and then Bryce Dallas Howard's like to Chris Pratt, "Go get her." Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not going to leave you. And she <laughs> kisses him on the mouth. And he goes, all right, I'll he's see like, you later. He says, okay. Yeah, and she's like, I'll be fine. And he's yeah. like, well, she kissed me on the mouth. That means she must so be fine. So here I go. Yeah, just so cheesy like, what? action. Like, none of this makes any sense to me. Oh, like, yeah. At one point, we're terrified because there's a giant raptor. The other, it's like we're heroic. And it's like so stupid. Also, I just have to shit on this movie a little bit. Go for um, it. <laughs> I love it. How dramatic were the dinosaurs? Like that scene where like the one crazy dinosaur is outside the little clone girl's bedroom. Oh, I, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, like the, the dinosaurs were like so They're dramatic. like, what's the most scary way I could do this? Yeah, like I'm going to kill you, but it's going to take five minutes, even yeah. though I'm an apex predator and right, there's no dude. one else in the room. Like the whole time the thing's been like going berserk. And the second he decides he wants to chase this girl, he's like, I'm going to creep in. I'm going to move the latch on the window, by the way. Yeah. And then I'm going to stand over the bed with my arms sticking out like this. I'm going to move my my stupid claw like really one, slowly. Yeah, and got one long claw. As if to claw. scare her. It's like, what? Yeah. What's happening? Like the, the dinosaur was like being dramatic on purpose. There was, yeah, I was telling you before the podcast uh there was a bunch of cut the shit moments yeah a bunch of them yeah you know you expect them in a movie like this but god they were present and it's not even like if they would have all been the same kind of cut the shit moment I'd yeah be fine with it but it's like at one point i'm a i'm a scary dinosaur trying to scare this little girl at the other point it's like it's just nothing was the same or consistent at all the the stupid stupid villain guy uh, played by Rafe Spall, uh, Mills. You know, it's funny is that actor's name is scarier than his character's Rafe name. Rafe Spall. <laughs> yeah, I know. He sounds like a villain. Yeah. Um, and there's, in the movie, is like Will. But like he's like a kind of charming dude that you almost believe in the beginning, but then he full on spirals. He's like shoving the girl into the room, like, stay in your room. I'm going to also smother this guy's face with a pillow, yeah. except we're not going to show it. We're going to do it artistically and show his amber cane shattering. Yeah. That just, I don't know, man. Let's talk about the truck jump. If yeah, could. sure. I've <laughs> taken up all this time. That you was talk. one of the bigger cut the shit moments. It really reminded me of the movie Speed with mm-hmm. Keanu Riffs. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, there's a scene where the boat's leaving the island right before it all goes under in lava. Yeah, there's a giant cargo ship like pulling away from the dock. And it's like 10 feet. And there's like a, a like a gate, like a bait. Imagine a boat tailgate that yeah. flips down and it's yeah. now in the water. And the boat's like 10, 15 yeah, feet yeah. away. And they're in this like utility like cargo, military like, vi- yeah, yeah, military transport cargo vehicle. And the chick, Bryce Dallad, what the fuck, is yeah. driving. 
And this thing hits the end of the dock and like full on goes like in the like up. There's no ramp. Everybody. Yeah, it just like, lifts. It looks like it goes off a jump, yeah. like in speed. When, also, yeah, when the bus goes across that broken part mm-hmm. of the freeway, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden a city bus is like at a 45 yep. degree angle. Also, there's a scene where like like they're speeding as fast as they can, but then when she realizes she's gonna have to jump, she goes, "Everybody, hold on!" And then the gas pedal goes from like this to like floored. Like, what were you doing before? Yeah, why, why were you didn't... not stepping on the gas? It's ugh, idiot. Drive, woman. Drive. It's not a it's not a sex thing, but also drive woman. Oh, you mean like female thing? Like yeah, you mean like sex? Like she's it's not sexual, just drive. Like, no. Do you get off on driving? I don't understand. Maybe yeah, autophilia or uh, whatever. It's probably a thing. Yeah, I, I saw a thing where people like that's to, what autoerotic means. Tail pipes. Oh sure. Yeah, it's, sure, it's a thing. I think it's yeah. called mechophilia. People like stuff. Pretty sure it's mechophilia. Yeah. Let's look that up on the break. Let's do that. Uh, what else? What else you got about this? Dude? You know, just as it was fucking ridiculous, but it was so cool. But you liked it. I did like okay. it. But I liked it for its ridiculousness. Fair. So yeah. yeah, it definitely wasn't a great movie. You know, it wasn't outstanding in any way, but it was fun. I think it's going to be fun in the same way that like skyscraper is fun. I'm. I cannot wait to see. Skyscraper. I'm so excited, and I'm so terrified of heights. Just the trailer of that. But again, like that movie knows what it is. Like uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is just hamming it up. Yeah, and I'm all about it. Like, do you think Sharknado? I love. <laughs> right. They know that it's a ridiculous thing. So I so think, just cheese it up. I think maybe your main problem with this, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that it tried to take itself seriously. That is literally. If yeah, it would have, yes. if it would have toned it back and just committed to goofy. Yes. It would have been better. Or scary or action. Like pick something, yeah. stick with it. Yeah. Maybe that's the plight of the Jurassic Park film model because even the original didn't really know what it was. It was kind of scary. There was a ton of humor. Yeah. There, there was action adventure, chase scene. But it was you know also I mean? the first time. It was the first thing. It was original. Yeah. And it had that to lean on. This is a this is a regurgitated piece of shit from a <laughs> culture that hates originality. And I'm sick of it. All right. I well, saw a poster for a Hotel Transylvania 19 or some shit, and I'm done. Wow. I'm sick of that. This whole episode has been Max's bothered. <laughs> he didn't have one at the beginning because <laughs> I was the, saving it. the rest of the episode is him just going ham, and I like it. It's yeah. good to see you yeah. fired up. That's good. We got to get out of here, though. Yeah, it's time. We're there. I'm done listening to you be angry. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Fresh Shop Cinema. We appreciate it. That's Max. I'm Johnny. Yep. Who? We're, we're together yep. now. Peace out. Bye. Later. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.